0: Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips, and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Thomas Warwick, and today I'll be telling you three hot tips to optimize your Western blot transfers. Does your Western blot look like someone sat on black Play-Doh? If you're lamenting over yet another blotchy and bad Western blot, don't fret. The cause can often be poor transfer, which can easily be fixed, enabling you to get clear blots consistently. But before discussing ways to optimize transfers, it's worth familiarizing ourselves with the parts of the transfer stack. This is because the stack itself can result in poor transfer, when, for example, the transfer device becomes encrusted with buffer salts. Wipe it down with damp tissue paper if you notice this is the case. Anyway, going from top to bottom, the pieces are as follows. A cathode, which is negatively charged. A filter paper. Your pre-run SDS page gel the transfer membrane, another filter paper, and the anode, which is positively charged. Two other key points are worth mentioning here. Membrane choice and the transfer buffer. Usually, you have a choice between two transfer membrane types, nitrocellulose membranes and polyvinylidene fluoride or PVDF membranes. Choosing between them comes down to a choice between binding capacity versus background. PVDF membranes combine more protein than nitrocellulose membranes, but may yield higher backgrounds. You also get a choice of pore sizes, so make sure to pick one suitable for your protein size. While 0.45 micrometres is sufficient for most proteins, a smaller pore size might be necessary if you work with smaller proteins. Depending on the type of transfer you're performing, the transfer stack is usually wetted with a buffer. You probably have a standard recipe somewhere for this in your lab but be open to the idea that this buffer might not be suited to your samples. Designing a tailor-made transfer buffer can get quite technical. BioRad has an article discussing transfer buffers, their composition, and compatibility. Check out the corresponding online article for this episode to get a link to it. Now, let's take a quick look at the different types of transfers in Western blotting. The three main ways of transferring proteins are the standard wet transfer method, the semi-dry slash rapid transfer method, and the capillary transfer method. The wet transfer method is used in most laboratories and is probably the one you use. You manually soak the stack in transfer buffer, hence wet, and assemble it yourself in a transfer sandwich. The semi-dry slash rapid transfer involves pre-purchasing pre-wetted transfer sandwich components and using these with proprietary transfer devices such as the iBlock. Because of this, it's more expensive than wet transfer. Capillary transfer relies on diffusion to move your samples from the sds page gel onto the blotting membrane instead of an electric current. Because the apparatus for wet transfer is now relatively cheap, the capillary transfer method is somewhat archaic. How long should you transfer your Western blot for? Transfer times are empirical and based on the properties of your samples. For example, molecular weight and hydrophobicity influence protein retention. This means there's no easy way to determine how long you need to run the transfer to completely transfer all of your proteins. Instead, you'll need to optimize the transfer time and conditions based on your equipment and the nature of your sample. But how will you know when your transfer is complete? Well, this brings us to the transfer tips, since these will enable you to optimize your Western block transfers to achieve near complete transfer. Let's get into them. Number one, use a pre-stained molecular weight ladder. Use a pre-stained protein ladder to track the transfer of proteins from a gel to the membrane. Your sample proteins on the sds page gel will still be invisible, but you can check if the brightly coloured ladder bands are still on the gel or have fully transferred to the membrane. Note that proteins of different molecular weights will migrate at different speeds. There's no magic moment at which all the proteins jump from the gel to the membrane. Instead, aim for a point at which most of the larger proteins have migrated to the membrane and most small protein material is still on the membrane, not through it. Using a ladder in which key bands are different colors can also be beneficial. It will enable you to keep track of the transfer efficiency of different sized proteins. Remember, if you've opened your transfer cassette to peek at the ladder, this will introduce air bubbles to the transfer stack. So you probably want to use this technique to optimize transfer times on less precious samples, not critical ones. Number two, stain your SDS-PAGE gel with Kumasi Blue, but only after the transfer step. If the stain gel is almost entirely blank, then your transfer was successful. But if most of your gel shows blue sample bands, your transfer needs to run for longer. Again, this is a post-hoc check for efficiency. Once you've stained the gel, you cannot set it up for a second transfer. Instead, you have to run a second gel and do the transfer again using the adjusted conditions. So remember to do this test before you run precious samples. Number three, transfer your gel onto two membranes. The two methods described above are excellent ways to determine if the transfer duration was too short. To test if your transfer is too long, insert two transfer membranes into your transfer stack, one right behind the other. Then go ahead and block both membranes as you normally would. Just be sure to label which was farthest away from the gel. If your conditions are good, most of your protein will be on the membrane closest to the gel. If your transfer is too long, you'll detect protein on the membrane that is farthest from the gel. This is more likely to occur to the small proteins first so pay particular attention to where the lower molecular weight ladder bands should appear. You can also try staining the second membrane with Kumasi blue or something more sensitive like silver stain. This should show you all of the proteins transferred to that layer not just your protein of interest. So that's it for how to optimize your western block transfers. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite-Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.